What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who had to get back in touch with his southern roots, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Yes, I was able to, by the grace of God, piggyback a trip on a business trip that I took back to D.C. here recently, and I made a weekend uh, dogleg down to Atlanta to visit my brother and his family, and Atlanta is where I grew up for much of my childhood. So I lived in a small little community called Peachtree City of about 1,200 people from the first through the eighth grade. So going back there and being able to just immerse myself in the the slower language and the slower uh, movements of, of the South, it was great. Felt like I was home. Oh, well, just being able to spend time with your brother. I know, Scott, and you've told me this and shared just some of the experience from your weekend. You have a good fortune and have been blessed to have such a great relationship with your brother. And just looking back over the years, how different it was from when you were growing up together and then as teenagers when during those years, well, he stayed in Georgia and you guys moved away. And then now coming back together as adults, raising children. You know, the... uh experience my brother and I had growing up uh, necessitated us to really become best of friends because we moved a bit when we were young. And so as a consequence, we uh, really relied on one another to find friends and to keep anchored uh, in the community we were in. So our friendship, even though he's five years older than me, we've, uh, we've just been very close and it really has grown since uh, both our parents have passed away that uh, we're the oldest and we are grace to one another if we allow that and god continually inspires us and surprises us in fact when we got done having breakfast on sunday uh, before church we we went a couple hours early to breakfast and when we got done my brother said gosh i feel like i've been to church already ah so we just had a great conversation about theology and family and and then we took the requisite time for before eating or for going to mass and uh, mass was wonderful. What also was wonderful is as you were on that trip one night, you must have gotten out the old box of pictures because you were sending us pictures that we had not seen before of your mom and dad when they were quite young, maybe early teens and into their 20s, newly married couple. It's always so beneficial to look back on your family and just see where you've come from. Remember where you have come from. I'll say on this end, though, while you were enjoying that time with your brother in temperatures a little bit warmer than they were this week in the Pacific Northwest, we had pretty good cold snap and we were down into the 20s. Well, one night while you were gone, me and the two that are at home were just sitting at the house and we heard water running. And that's always a bad feeling when you're all together and you realize somewhere in the house water is running. Well, we eventually tracked it down to the outside faucet. The cold snap had broken the faucet that was on there. It wasn't exactly a frozen pipe, but the plastic, we'll say shut off valve that was attached to it. So 
I don't like to be in charge of those things very often, or at least I don't want you to know that because I know I have the capabilities of figuring out what's wrong, getting the water shut off and getting it repaired. I don't like to do that. And so I just as soon have you do those things when you're here. Unfortunately, though, you weren't here. And so it was wonderful. You've taught our son very well because he was very quick to take charge of the evening and said, Mom, this is the problem and this is what we need to do. So I brought him all the parts from Home Depot, got it taken care of. I can assure you it's worse being away and hearing that from the family that something has broken at the house and I'm not there to fix it. So as easy as it may be, because you can drive down to Lowe's or Home Depot, let me tell you, I have it somewhere stashed in my work cabinet in the garage the repair item more than likely. And yet I couldn't direct you where that's at to save my life. So yeah, it's uh, it's a bad feeling when you hear water running. It's a worse feeling when you hear from your family that water's running at your house that you're not at. Well, like I said, you have trained our son well because he was on top of the whole event, got things taken care of, and so let you to continue to enjoy your time there with your brother. Well, on today's show, we are going to talk about returning. Coming up, I have an opportunity to speak with Father John Burns. He has a new book out for Lent. Yes, Lent will be here in just a few short weeks, and it is called Return. And we're going to have a great discussion about why we use this time of Lent and why return is such a perfect word for this season. And then we'll just maybe talk a little bit about the aspect of return in terms of returning back to God and turning away from our habits and maybe our sinful nature that we've embraced more than we want to. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. When I was six years old, I broke my leg. I was running from my brother and his friends. Tasted the sweet perfume of the mountain grass I rolled down I was younger then But I can't wait to go home I'm on my way So, it's Ash Wednesday. You just got sloshed with ashes. And you have to go to the grocery store. Worried everyone is going to be staring and thinking, I wonder if that guy knows he has dirt on his forehead. If so, fear no more. Here's a few ways to respond to the befuddled looks. You can start by laughing with them. Weird, huh? And then you can explain, today begins a special season for Christians when we focus on the fact that we're going to die, hence the ashes, and that we need to turn away from sin and get right with God. You then might share how in ancient times, ashes were used to express sorrow for sin. The visible sign represents our interior conversion. So with a few responses like these in your quiver, there's no need for awkwardness. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. 
Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. Well, we're already through the month of January, and now in just a few weeks, well, we begin our journey to Easter. Ash Wednesday is coming up February 22nd. Well, right now is the perfect time to make a plan for a real and lasting conversion. Father John Burns has created a beautiful guided journal for prayer and meditation for every single week of Lent. Now, Father Burns continues this series with Ave Maria Press in his new book for Lent titled Return, a guided Lent journey for prayer and meditation. Father Burns is with me today to tell us a little more about it. Good morning, Father Burns. Thank you so much for joining the Morning Blend. Yeah, good morning. Great to be with you all. Well, Father Burns, if there is one perfect word that describes our Lenten journey, <laughs> it would be return. How's, <laughs> yeah, how's God calling us to return to Him during this specific season of Lent? Yeah, that's it. It's, uh, it's Actually, the, the, the reason for that title comes from the, the first reading at Ash Wednesday every single year, which is the prophet Joel. So many of the different prophets said, return, return, return to me. But Joel has this really powerful line, return to me with your whole heart. And that's kind of what I wanted to carry through the journal is this real invitation, like the desire of God, not just that we would turn away from sin, that we'd come back, but that the return would be wholehearted, which means, yeah, getting at like the deep places that we've lived outside of the, the logic of love, outside of the gift of grace, and, and being willing to like let everything be reconciled in Christ. So Lent, that's what Lent is for. And uh, I just hope to be able to help you all do that um, with a little bit of insight, a little bit of reflection, and then a whole bunch of scripture, because... Yeah, the church has given us everything we need for a good return, but boy, our nature rails against it. It's just hard to come back to God. Oh, hard indeed. And what's also hard too, Lent, you know, it's not an easy journey and we have to sacrifice. Oh, our society tells us we should want and gather, not give up, especially (laughs) things that we want to eat or, or do. But sacrifice, you know, how important is that? as a part of conversion. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, you'll see it if you read the book in the introduction, I say that, uh, that it's not an easy season. And I also say, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat any of this stuff and pretend like we can just talk about flowers and easy things. Like, what's at stake is our, our salvation, right? Our souls, our, our eternal destiny. And, and the Church gives us this season every single year to repeat a process of conversion because it's really easy to just get comfortable here on earth. It's really easy to start living like, this is the whole story, this is the end of the story, this is my kingdom. And as we settle into that, we just get really comfortable and just kind of want to stay here. So every year Lent is this like awakening, uh, really like a jostling awake to be like, hey, hold on, (laughs) you're actually dying. Your body's passing away, but your soul might also be pointed toward death. Let's look at that and let's get back to life. And, and the flesh rebels against that. The world rebels against that, especially in a culture that says, no, no, just sacrifice. Don't, don't be masochistic. Don't be caught up in all this pain searching. Just enjoy yourself. Just have an easy go. Have everything at your fingertips. And that's awfully attractive to us. Um, the reason I think Lent is such a gift, not just to us believers, but to the world, is because the basic message is like, it's not okay. Like, you're not doing well. You, you got to get back on track. God wants to, to give you every good gift from on high. But as of right now, your, your, your life is pointing in a way that shows like you haven't received that gift or there's stuff that needs to go. There's stuff that doesn't look like Christ. How do we confront that? 
And that's what Lent is for, which is really like a going out into the desert to let some of these things of the world starve in us so there's only room for God. Mm, No doubt. Some of what you will come to learn in Father Byrne's new book, Return, a Guided Lent Journal for Prayer and Meditation. Well, it almost feels like the water running down the path. You know, water's going to find the path of least resistance, you know, and if we're walking down that path and we're not paying attention, you know, we're distracted and there's work and there's money and kids have social media. That path sometimes doesn't seem so clear, Father. How do you know that when we set out on this journey and we're like, okay, I'm going to return and I'm going to do all these things. Well, how do you know that those things that you're doing and sacrificing is the path that's going to get us, not necessarily the least resistance, but the path that's maybe a little harder that's going to journey us towards the Lord closer? Yeah, so that's a beautiful way of phrasing the question. Um, the path of least resistance is just that, right? It's easy. And uh, Christ speaks into that in the gospel. You know, he says the, the, the way is a narrow way. It's not the easy way. Easy is the way that leads to perdition. The way, the way to life is narrow. And uh, wonderfully, though, we know that he walked it first. And, and when he said, take up your cross and follow me, you know, he's setting a pathway into the fulfillment of every promise, the fulfillment of every human desire, the gift of eternal life. And, and the way there for Jesus himself was hard. It was a difficult way. It entailed suffering on Holy Thursday, betrayal, uh, mockery on Holy Friday, a good Friday, with all of the, the crucifixion, the elements of the passion. It entailed death and then life. And so um, we have this kind of twofold blessing here. One is the recognition that uh, the way is not easy. And, and Christ told us that. He promised us it wouldn't be easy. But he went first, and so he made it possible for the hard things to actually be not just suffered, um, you know, in a way that we could survive them, but suffered in communion with him who suffered them first for love. And so while there might be a lot of sacrifice and there might be a lot of suffering and there is penance, those things kind of take up a new intentionality when we really move through Lent with the right spirit, which is to see that Jesus did this because he's in love with us. He did this as a bridegroom, trying to, to win back for himself a bride to rescue her from the kingdom of darkness and the serpent who had held her captive from the beginning. So while we will suffer and, and sometimes to, to mortify the flesh or to leave behind the comforts that we've allowed to take too strong a place in our lives, while that might be painful, if we keep our eyes on Christ and we relate all those sufferings to him and we, we bring them into his passion, we let him, as it were, re-narrate or walk through the narrative of our own suffering and unite it to the narrative of his, which is Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday. And really the only way to the joy that the church is always promising us, that God himself promised, is through the passion, which is through Lent, to get us ready for what it is to, to truly break forth in song. That way is just not an easy way, if we want it to be lasting. But yeah. as we go through it, the, the, the joy is we start to notice that a tree, in, in fact, is known by its fruits. And while we might suffer and sacrifice when we're doing that with Christ, we actually also start to notice like, yeah, I do feel better. I do notice a quickness, an ease toward the good. I do experience an upwelling of desire to, to be a better man or woman or to help those who are, are needy or less fortunate than I. And in real time throughout Lent, if we take the practices seriously, we actually notice that we're becoming more like Christ, who is the fullness of life, who promises joy. And we start to taste that joy even in the midst of the desert of Lent. So it's a, it's a real-time unfolding of recognizing that God God actually wants to go with us through everything so we can come out of our sin into life. 
Oh, amen to everything, Father Burns. <laughs> yeah, as you said, Lent is not easy. And the path, it, you know, it, it can be difficult. But to know that we, you know, have those little confirmations throughout that, yes, this is the way to go. Father Burns, well, you've made this conversion a little easier by tackling it week by week in your new book return so kind of break open your book a little bit for listeners and how you approach each week of lent as we journey towards easter yeah so that one of the things that kind of is hidden through the book two two layers of kind of hidden intentionality one is to relate all of this to uh the god man jesus who is the bridegroom who suffers for love of his bride so that there's a way for us to endure and engage all of the layers of lent and suffering in communion with christ to bring the logic of love into it. So I'll weave that through all the weeks, all the writings as much as possible. The other uh, intentionality of the whole book is to help us recognize that the church started giving us like more than we need, that the liturgy of the church, the flow of the prayers of the church and the readings of scripture that we confront or are invited into during Lent are just so profound. So I let the book really be influenced by the flow of the liturgy. Each of the days begins with the prayer, the collect, the opening prayer from that day's mass so that we're praying with the church and with each other. So when you pray with any of the meditations, you're actually, you're opening with a prayer that comes from the mass of the day, which means everybody throughout the whole world is praying that same prayer. Then at the macro level or semi-macro, each week is structured by a different part of the Joel prophecy, which again comes from the first reading on the first day of Lent, which is Ash Wednesday. And the, the full prophecy or the line that I use, return to me, the Lord says, with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning, tear your hearts or rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. So each week takes a part of that. The first week is return to me. The next return to me with your whole heart. The next return to me with fasting. The next return to me with weeping and mourning. The next rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord. So there's this way of, of really unpacking why God put it that way and then how um, what God is saying through the prophet Joel is a personal invitation to each of us to, to come back to him um, by these little meditations. And they're not long. Each one is about a, a page long, maybe a little bit longer. So there's much more to be said, right, throughout the season of Lent. But this is meant to be like a starting point for you to help you move with the church in her liturgy, in her prayers, to hear that prophecy, and to, to really come into a greater intimacy with Christ, who's, who's living and dying for love, to bring us into everlasting life with God, who is love. Father John Burns is the author of a new book, Return, A Guided Lent Journey for Prayer and Meditation. It is out by Ave Maria Press. Well, Father Burns, you also have a passion for young people, young adults, teenagers. You've spoken at Steubenville conferences. You know, I have uh, two teenagers in my home. And while, you know, I want them to journey with me during this Lenten practices, I mean, for kids just grasping the faith on a daily level can be difficult, but now we're asking during the Lenten time, well, okay, what are you giving up? What are you going to do? Let's go to confession during the season sometime. But can we as parents really lean into this book with those companion videos and ask our teenagers or, or young adults in, in, that are still living with us, ask them, lean in a little bit more, push a little bit more than what you're used to because the season of Lent, valuable time in the life of the church, and a valuable time in their own lives. Totally. I think absolutely right, uh, Brenda, that it's it's vital that we, in families and communities, especially um, if you're dealing with any you know youth ministry work or working with teenagers, to be able to translate 
a lot of the gift of the season into like practicals and like what basically the big question and you just said you know what are you giving up what are you doing to always be able to help the the young person or the child ask and why are you doing it you know what are you giving up but what's the reason what's the rationale so that it's not just like empty sacrifice or just a seemingly torturous suffering but rather like no this is done so that i can confront the stuff in me that is in the way the obstacles to my own conversion, the, the ways that I'm too comfortable in the world or the ways that I've <clears throat> chosen sin, uh, I'm going to give these things up to, to engage some discipline. I'm going to add these practices of prayer and almsgiving so that I my life starts to look more like Christ. So even the little kids be like, if you give this up, give it up and pray. Give it up and kiss the cross. Give it up and, and come to Jesus and let it be an offering and a suffering with him, which is really just going to help you be more like him, which is going to make it easier to navigate all the questions that you got to deal with at whatever age. But the why for all of our Lenten practices really has to be for love, but especially in view of a turning from sin and coming into communion with Jesus, who who's in love with us and is trying to draw us into that, that divine embrace. Father Burns, I love that idea of turning that why question back to them. How many times have parents had to answer that why question to our kids throughout their lives? But turn it back on them and let that why question, yeah, really open up that deeper conversation. Well, Father, I have really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you, Father Burns, so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Great to be with you all. God bless you. We'll see you in Lent. It's hard to imagine that I just got the Christmas decorations, I think, put away recently and we're already preparing for Lent. We just, especially this time of year, we move from one season to the next. But the best time to prepare for Lent and have a good and holy Lent is the weeks leading up to it. So that way, boy, when Ash Wednesday comes, we're ready to enter into this season. And I love how Father Burns says, what a perfect word for Lent, return come back almost like that coming home that way that you renew yourself when you spend a little bit of time in that childhood home when you think about christ calling us as children we should have that feeling of of coming home of returning yeah i think that's great preparation and certainly you push the envelope for this year's taking down of christmas decorations beyond pentecost but you know our lives are so full with young adult children that uh um, we can't help but have to make those concessions. I think in preparation for Lent, we can start that now. And it's great to, I think, springboard maybe even off of our resolutions. What did we offer as a New Year's resolution and how are we coping with that or how are we doing with that? Because I think that returning draws us to consider what have we placed in our lives that if we were to step outside of ourselves to look to see what we're doing that we might otherwise say you know what that's maybe consumptive of my time or that that habit's not helping or maybe i'm not doing what i could do in terms of my relationship with christ and i mean friendship with christ talking to christ spending the time that doesn't have to be formal but has to be intimate how do we act intimately with christ returning and so when i think of that i just think of so many uh, things come to mind but certainly returning is the prodigal son and certainly returning at Lent is to return back to what is our focus, the source and summit of our faith, the incarnation come fully human who dies on the cross 
for our behalf. And that's a great journey that we can begin sooner than Lent. But Lent should be a time of not sadness, but a time of hope that we can come back to a good place from where we might have otherwise found ourselves. This journey of Lent over the years, Scott, I remember, you know, of course, bringing the kids up. All right, it's Lent. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go get ashes. Everybody's going to pick out something that they're going to give up. And then we're going to do something special. I think it was one year. It was a very simple thing when they were little. I said, we're going to stay late during the season of Lent after church every time we are here. And we're going to pray the St. Michael prayer together. Give up something and do something. And of course, their first question was, okay, why? Why do we do those things? And I love the way that Father John Burns said this. He goes, you know, as we have older children now and young adult kids, I guess I could say, turn that why question back to them. You know, at any age, we're going to do these things. We are going to prepare. We are going to lean in a little bit more than we have in the past because we want to grow closer and we want to return. And the idea of turning a why question back to the kids saying, all right, this is what we do. Okay. And why do we do this? Why is it important? You tell me, tell me your thoughts. Boy, we recognize our kids think deeply. They have a lot of questions, but if you let them lead that discussion, you can get to some very deep thoughts, very deep theological ideas with them. I think it's important that we always try to remain humble ourselves and to ask why. Why am I giving this up? Why am I making this change? And ask the Holy Spirit to give us insight. What what needs to be cleaned up in our lives that we can only be at times able to see through connection with God and through openness to the Holy Spirit to guide us to where we can really take an objective look at some of the habits and some of the conditions that we create in our lives that maybe the Lord has has us challenging that as a parent, asking us, why? Why do you do that? So I think it's great for us to always be mindful that we enter into Lent as an opportunity to, I think, also be children to God and to be open to understanding that we're not going to be done getting it right in this life, that getting it right will be when we uh, enter before the beatific vision, God willing, and with our greatest hope in our hearts. That's the faith. That's what Lent should be. And I think for many folks, unfortunately, at times they look at Lent as a uh, maybe a dour kind of time of year. No, it should be, a, it should be an enlivening uh, time of year. Like when you go camping, you go camping because it brings you into a new vision of what the world is like. But it's not comfortable, as you could attest to. <laughs> I just use that <laughs> no as an example. Doubt. Well, maybe Lent is like maybe camping to get a new view of the world. And it doesn't have our creature comforts that we otherwise might want. And that's a good thing. Gets us into a moment of offering. Oh, well, in this season of Lent, let it be an opportunity for you to ask yourself those why questions. Also talk to your family about those things. Scott, before we go today, can you end us in prayer? Lord, as we break open this topic of returning, help us to be humble before you so that we can return maybe as the prodigal son to come to you with open arms and be received in your open arms that are always open to us. Help us to thrive in that, live in that, and have hope in that. We ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
And that is going to wrap it up for us today. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Monterey Radio in Portland, Oregon.